These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out. It's time for Unprecedented. Our look at the White House, our weekly look indeed, with me, George Hook, and Adrian Collins, inveterate White House watcher. And uh, every week we bring you up to date uh, with what's happening with President Trump in the White House and his campaign to make America great again. The big story, surely, at the moment is Obamacare, which Trump said he would get rid of, which he appears to be doing, and he's bringing in an alternative health care ban. What's happening? The Republicans sort of rushed this one through in comparison to what happened. If you think about how Obamacare came to be, it was obviously a core campaign promise of what Obama said he was going to do when he got into the White House. Then he spent... the the guts of a year trying to pull together enough support to get it onto the floor and you know he had to make a lot of concessions to get it through budgetary restraints and everything like that we're a month in or six weeks whatever we are and Donald Trump and the Republicans I should note not necessarily Donald Trump but the Republicans have this American Health Care Act which strips back and is going to lose a lot it's going to leave a lot of people without coverage that had coverage. Okay. Now, um, the Republicans have never been happy with Obamacare. This isn't a Trump issue. This is the Republican. I mean, every Republican voter I spoke to in America, um, on a, on a, not on a work basis, but just on a friendly basis, were all opposed to Obamacare. Something like 24 million people will now lose health cover uh, under the new plan. Obamacare essentially gave health care to people who either couldn't afford that or wouldn't have been insured in the first place. Mm-hmm. So therefore it became hugely expensive. And after the first year, premia went up in some cases by as much as 50%. So it's not surprising, I put to you, Adrian, that when you then bring in a healthcare that works on normal commercial principles, that there'll be people who can't afford it anymore, no? There are two things to unpack there. Firstly, there's always been a fundamental difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, and that yeah. the Democrats believe that the government should have a role in giving health care to the American people. The Republicans simply do not believe that. One of the big problems was a rolling out Obamacare, spending all this money to get people on side with the project, to change people's minds about whether or not the government should have a hand in health insurance for people. People didn't believe that, but now that they have it and they want to take it away, now people are are worried about, well, hang on a second. I actually was able to go to the hospital and I'm still alive. There are all these stories of people who are saying, I had cancer, I had this, I had that, and I'm still alive because of Obamacare. That's bad PR. And that's the one thing that the Donald does understand. It's very difficult to stand up in front of people and say, and he did this uh, on Monday night, sent out a tweet asking for his stories from people of how Obamacare has negatively affected them, how it ramped up the cost of their insurance, how they couldn't afford this, because he needs to battle all the 
the good PR of I'm still alive because yeah. of Obamacare. It's interesting for um, people in Ireland. Uh, the Democrats are essentially the Labour Party of America and the Republicans would be the Conservatives in Britain or Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, but a bit right of Fianna Fáil, mm. Fine Gael. We don't actually in our system uh, of politics have people that right of centre. But uh, if you look at the plan, for instance, where they said, we'll give mortgages to people who can't afford them. So the net result was it all failed. Now, Obamacare isn't like the idea of giving mortgages to people who can't afford it, but it comes out of the same stable. And ultimately, Obamacare, I think, would have proved either unaffordable for government or unaffordable for the people who had the insurance. Net result anyway is it's happened. The problem with Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act as they called it was that they were unable to get enough young healthy people into the insurance pool realistically. That's why a lot of the cost went up. The Republicans have tried to combat that by essentially giving a tax break to the younger people. It was pegged to whether or not you could afford it. It was pegged to your income, realistically. Now it's paid to your age in the hope that people under 30 will sign up. But you were saying the premiums went up. The premiums for an older person who's on kind of near the poverty line are going to shoot through the roof. There was a report in Slate. They're going to go up 750%. So you would think about poor older people who more than likely probably voted for Trump by some wedge, some majority, are going to be absolutely taken apart by this bill. We have a lot to talk about, as we do every week, about Donald Trump. The thing is, if you look at our healthcare system, the reason our healthcare system works is it's a two-tier system. You know, the, the, the people who can't afford it can still go down to the hospital, admit, admittedly join a long queue, but they get seen. The market's quite different. There's a difference between getting seen and not getting seen. In terms of campaign pledges, therefore, and remember, it's unprecedented our weekly look at the Trump White House in the company of Adrian Collins and myself, George Hook. What about his campaign pledges? Anything else coming up this week? I suppose just before we move off to yeah. the, the healthcare... You're keen to stay <laughs> stuck on the healthcare, <laughs> yeah. yeah? I am. And I'm keen to get off it. Well, I just wanted to kind of point out two, a couple of things. One, he hasn't put his name to this. This is not Trump care. I don't think this is the bill that the Republicans really want because it's just amending the budget rather than affecting the bill. They can get it through on 50 votes in the Senate rather than 60. So it's going to have to make a lot of concessions to what some of the further people further to the right want. It's been criticised by doctors, hospitals, nurses associations. It's been criticised by the left, obviously. And Donald Trump didn't put his name to it. We have a brief audio clip here. Donald Trump didn't put his name to it and spoke about this when he was giving his kind of backing to it. It doesn't sound like he knows what's in it judging by what he said here. Do something that's great, and I'm proud to support the replacement plan released by the House of Representatives and encouraged by members of both parties. I think, really, that uh, we're going to have something that's going to be much more understood and much more popular than people can even imagine. This president, you know, I think 
the mistake we're making in a way, uh, White House watchers, is we're judging this president by previous presidents, whereas this fellow is completely different from any other president we've ever known. So therefore, we have to we've dropped a whole new set of rules for this guy. One of which is we can't really expect him to have sort of read the briefing document before he started speaking. Exactly. He's. And, I know we like yeah. our presidents to do that, but this guy isn't. His job is to go out and essentially market stuff. That's what he is going to be in the White House for. He's going to have a pen in his hand to sign executive orders and he's going to go out and market it to the base. But this isn't what Paul Ryan wants. The general idea is if you can't afford health insurance, well, then you should have been better at life. So it's your, it's not our problem to sort it out for you. They want to take even further things away from the people who already have health insurance. And then secondly, this bill that they're putting through contains a massive tax cut. And the majority of the tax cut doesn't just go to the 1%, which is like families earning over $250,000. goes to the 0.01%. These are people who do not need a tax cut. And they're getting billions from this bill in terms of a tax cut. But, but that's always been the Republican way. This is the where Republicans get their funds <laughs> from. Um, I mean, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you actually believe that Richard Nixon was sort of put in the White House by a group of businessmen. Mm. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you actually believe that John F. Kennedy was shot by business consortium who thought he was going the wrong way. So America has always had that divide. So the Republicans now they have to pay back. And the way they pay back, whether it was George Bush Republicans or Trump-Ryan Republicans, is you pay back all your wealthy backers with a tax cut. Yeah, you do have to give the people who give the most money to your campaign some, I suppose. But it, it, no, see, I think the thing here is that five or 6,000 miles between you and America is much more than 6,000 miles mentally. It's 100 years. America is different. America believes this whole thing that log cabin to presidency. There's nothing stopping anybody from doing anything. There's nothing stopping anybody from making money. There's nothing stopping anybody from being great. But at the same time, we don't do safety nets. No. And if you fall through the cracks, you're just collateral damage for what happens. Now, it's really interesting that if we were Americans and we were doing this some program in Washington, D.C., and we were looking across the 5,000 miles to Ireland, we'd be saying, how in the name of God do they pay 140 quid a month for every child? How do they turn around to somebody and say... You cannot afford to work. Your social welfare deal is so good that you can't work. So for Americans, their view of us is equally complicated and misunderstood. So we have to be careful about that when we look at America in trying to apply our social welfare ideals to them because they don't have that. Again, there are two kind of major things to think about here. People who voted for Trump... We're not voting for him so that he could go and give a massive tax cut to 0.01%. If he'd run on the campaign promise of, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make America great again by giving billionaires more money, he wouldn't have had anybody at his rallies. No, you see, I think that that rhetoric is different. You can't get, Ender Kenny can't get elected saying that. 
right? So therefore, witness uh, Fine Gael, despite saying they were pulling USC down, couldn't get elected. But it doesn't work in Ireland like that because we got such a great deal. Dropping income tax by a couple of percent doesn't make much difference. In America, everybody thinks they can be a billionaire. So therefore, everybody said, doesn't says, uh, not the way we look at it, they look at it, and I tell you they do, they look at it and they say, that billionaire got a tax cut. I could be that billionaire uh, five years from now and I'd be getting that tax cut. That's how Americans work. Americans look at people who make a lot of money and there isn't a trace of envy. They look at people who make a lot of money and they say, great, I could be that person. We don't. We envy people with a lot of money, not in a bad way, but we think there's something wrong with having an awful lot of money, and if you have an awful lot of money, then we should tax the the head off you. Americans don't think that way. And we, I suggest to Adrian Collins in our weekly meetings, of which this is week number six, you cannot apply European social welfare ideals to America. And that's the mistake you're making. And I'll be knocking your head off the wall in, in succeeding weeks from my lofty eminence of uh, very old age and a long time in America to teach you, young kid on the block, what it's like. You're right. There is an individualist streak to the American culture. And there is that... The Irish are famously a nation of begrudgers and if you have a load of money, we feel that you should be giving some money back to society. The problem with this Healthcare Act is, one, a tax cut for billionaires is very difficult. They they tried to hide it in there. It's very difficult to get away with. And secondly, the big losers from this Healthcare Act are essentially going to be the elderly people, poor people and sick people. And if sick people are the people who are affected by your Healthcare Act the worst – what sort of healthcare act do you have? It's a pretty poor one. Well, in their view, it's one they can afford. The Obamacare Act, I don't know enough about it in the mm. sense I haven't been around long enough to know the ultimate. But I'm reasonably certain that ultimately the Obama Act would have been unaffordable for the American economy by their standards and or the premiums would have gone up substantially, as they did the end of year one. Now, not your famous 750%, but they went up by 50%. And in some cases, admittedly minority cases, doubled. That is an issue. And the the CBO, which is this central budgetary office who basically work out the figures on all of this, they say how much is going to cost the economy and how much is going to cost everybody. They're nonpartisan. And they were trying to get a cost estimation out for this. What Do you know what found... you're going to hear in a minute? Uh, the people listening to this podcast are going to hear a banging sound. <laughs> That's me walking out of the studio, banging the door behind me and letting Adrian Collins rattle on for the next <laughs> half an hour about healthcare. Well, basically, There is more to this presidency than healthcare. I know there is. One final point then. Oh, dear God. <laughs> they said that this will shrink the, the deficit, but that they can't work out the effect that it's going to have on the economy. So if all these people who had a lot of money or who had lower premiums, now have higher premiums, have to pay a lot more money, what effect does that have on the general economy? And it probably means that they don't have much money to spend in the general economy. But so this is going to be worse overall. The bulk of people who have health care, and I don't know why I'm keeping talking about it, <laughs> but I'm threatening to walk out. The bulk of people who have health care don't pay it. The company they work for pays it. 
you get employment or you get healthcare through your employer. Yes. Yeah. But a lot of people still need to go for the reason for people don't lose don't want to lose their jobs or stay in jobs is all about is, is healthcare included? Yeah, it's a massive cost for people. My guest is Adrian Collins, or is he is better known healthcare Collins? <laughs> um, okay, give me another item. All right. Well, there's been one of the big things that we talked about last week was the wiretapping claims from Donald Trump. He was asked by Senator McCain, John McCain, to basically provide some evidence of this by this week or to walk away from this, essentially apologise for this, which is not something that Donald Trump does. And throughout the Sunday shows, Kellyanne Conway and I suppose earlier in the week, Sean Spicer as well, were essentially saying, oh, well, you know, he could believe this. It's something that the president firmly believes. And now we've gone from this area of this is an actual fact to this is something the president believes. You mentioned conspiracy theorists earlier on. I, there's one sitting in the Oval Office. Now, look, I, I think the mistake we're making in this country is we are trying to change this man instead of trying to work out how we're going to live with this. First of all, as as allies, which we are, uh, we're certainly economic allies because we depend on America so much. And ultimately, if there was a war tomorrow, we'd be allied to them. And then the second thing is Americans have to work out how they're going to live with this new system for the next four years. And the next four years, this guy is going to shoot them out off at a press conference. Then it's going to be some, you know, rapid backsliding and everything else to make something out of it. And then eventually that'll be the way it is. But it's not going to change. I mean, does Trump believe he was wiretapped? I actually think he does. And I think a lot of what we would describe as reasonable people in the media reckon there is a possibility that he was wiretapped on the basis that there was a belief that he was talking to the Russians. Therefore, it would make sense for the security agencies to listen in to what he was talking to the Russians. Did Obama actually sign a piece of paper which said, wiretap your man. I believe he didn't, and I think Trump knows he didn't. Yeah, all he has to do is muddy the waters because even if 40% of the yes. people he tweeted it to believe that now Obama was the wiretapper, and you see this, you see people on Twitter talking about it, and they just have started... 40% yeah. of people still believe Obama wiretapped him, and that's all he has to do. Exactly. Is that right? Is that ethical? Is that all these kind of good words that you trot out on a weekly basis on this programme? Answer, no. Is it Trump way of governing? Yes. This is the problem, is that the Trump way of governing, you can't govern if you can't work with the other side. So No, that, what do you mean work with the other side? Adrian Collins, really? It's since... Theodore Roosevelt, let alone F FDR, the other nobody works with the other side in America. I mean, America has a confrontational system based on the fact the president is the chief executive, not like our president, and then the House and Senate, and very often you have the president of one party and the House and Senate of others. So they've never worked with each other. You do have to get people to back your bills or to back whatever yeah. part of your bill will suit and their point. LBJ, Lyndon Johnson was very good at that. Exactly. And the problem now is that the man who sits in the White House, who runs the place, says that door over there is blue. Or he could turn around tomorrow and say the White House is green. And all of his lackeys, all of his Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway would come out and they'd say, well, this is what the president believes and it could be green if you think of it this way or you thought about it this way. Kellyanne was on the 
uh, she's one of his spokespeople, she was on the Sunday show saying that the CIA has ways to spy on you through your microwave. What sort of world are we living in where people are now going to avoid, are Trump supporters going to avoid using microwaves because they think they might be being spied on by the CIA? This is an impossible, if you can't find any common ground to talk about, if you can't find anything that you agree on, including that the time of the day is the time of the day, there's no way to get anything done. And that's been a problem in, in the United States for All over right. a decade now. Then there's one final thing. One more campaign promise that he made that has been chased up this week is donating his salary. So Donald Trump ran on the ticket that he doesn't need the money, he doesn't need the prestige, he's Donald Trump, he's great, and that he will donate his entire salary when he gets it to whatever charity. Probably not the Trump Foundation, given the scandals that admired his campaign. All through the weekend, this was an issue. And on Monday, Sean Spicer told the press corps that he wants, the president is happy to donate his salary at the end of the year, in full amount, to whatever charity the press choose. This elicited a little bit of a, a laugh, because obviously he's famously enemies with the press. But to avoid scrutiny, he's going to let them choose what area that this money should go to. Of all the campaign promises that he made, this seems to be one he's actually keeping. And I'm very loath to do it if he follows through on this, because it's not until the end of the year. I want to give President Trump some credit for donating his You'll salary. Be, well, I mean, he said he'd repeal Obamacare. He's repealed that. You just, just don't like that. I mean, you don't <laughs> like the, where he delivers on campaign promises that you don't like. Naturally, you like that he's given his money to charity. I mean, it's great to have you in here because you're a woolly liberal and, you know, you're absolutely classic of the type and that's fine. And you'll judge him by your lights and, and that's okay. I want to say he... Promise to repeal Obamacare and make a beautiful, amazing health care that would, nobody would lose any coverage. That was a lie because everybody, 24 million people, you said it yourself, are losing coverage. This, at least, you can give the $400,000 that he should All get right. to charity. That makes perfect sense. That's me. I'll end on a positive note for President Trump for once. There you are, unprecedented. Every week at this time, uh, you can get it with uh, my good friend, Adrian Collins, and myself looking at Trump's wife. 